Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans, wherever you are in the world, I hope that you are well, um, I'm coming to you off the back of uh, a free weekend actually, um, however, 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 this weekend I have four clients competing across uh, across the globe I'm going to say because three are competing in the UK uh, on Sunday at UKUP Northern and then one is competing um, in Dubai, it's Chris Rendell. For those of you that don't know, uh, you've maybe if you've been following my Instagram, you maybe have seen him. He looks absolutely fucking insane. Um, he competed in 2021, won the British WMBF, came fourth in the world in his height class. So his main goal this season is to win that WMBF Pro card, which I'm fairly confident uh, that he will do. And then on the Sunday, uh, I have three clients competing, Stacia, Debs and Chris Bain. All who have which competed this season already, Station and Debs obviously most recently, um, competed at GPO, uh, as did Chris a few weeks ago, where they did incredibly well. Um, Station walked away with it overall, so they, they all go against Sunday. But here's the thing, right? So I fly to Dubai, I'm actually going to see Chris. Um, haven't, didn't get a chance to see him compete in 2021 because we just had our son, Caden, our firstborn. Um, so I thought I'd go across because this is his Olympia. Which, as you know, uh, if you listen to the podcast, what is your Olympia? You'll understand what I mean by that. But the hardest part will be um, peaking the athletes on the Sunday because I fly home at like 7.40 uh, Dubai time and that means that uh, Dubai's four hours ahead that I'll have aeroplane Wi-Fi on the Sunday coming home whilst, you know, Stacia, Chris Bain and Debs um, are waking up and then eat the meals on show day. I think I land in the UK at 12.45 and the show is at, um, starts at 2.15. So having prepped them before, here, here's the easy thing, right, is that we we know what we're going to run with the load for all of them and the strategy and then we've done multiple shows all together before. So we're kind of like, right, right, roughly on show day, this is how much food you'll need, this is when you'll need to eat it. So we're coming up with a hypothetical plan on the Saturday night for, let's say, meals one, two, three, potentially four, um, just in case the airplane Wi-Fi, which I think is the case, won't load pictures or videos. However, it will be available for messaging. So that's um, that'll be a new challenge, but one I'm looking forward to. But I reckon they'll, they'll do very well. Um, but I thought this today's episode was just a good one to run off of the back of last week's um, with Jade. You know, obviously, Jade, we were speaking about competing abroad so I thought I would specifically do a podcast on peaking whilst you're abroad um, she gave you her experiences the ups the downs and things you do differently but I just thought I'd, I'd run uh, a podcast that would explain the considerations that you must take into account whilst you are competing abroad um, things you may have not thought about and and so on and so forth so I'm just going to use um I'm going to use Jade and Chris Rendell as an example because they were competing abroad and understandably there'll be some of you that are competing that are bikini girls, some of you which will be men's physique or bodybuilders and I'm going to try and cover both um, both accounts from a guy's perspective and a girl's. Now, regardless of when you're competing, you have to, th- or sorry, what class you're competing in, you have to think about the, um, when is the show, what day is the show on. Um, let's say majority of shows are on a Saturday and Sunday. Well, you must consider how you're going to get there, when you're going to get there, um, and how far away it is. Now, typically, the longer you're on an aeroplane, 
the long haul flights is when you typically tend to see a little bit of water retention, fluid retention, just processes in the body that cause that. The shorter flights, so let's say for example you were flying from Scotland to England or Scotland to maybe France or whatever, you may not see that near as much. But this must be taken into consideration, I think, for all athletes, regardless whether you are assisted, natural, whether you're a male bodybuilder, a female bikini athlete, or whatever it is, I feel you should all be taken into consideration. You should all be planning for that ahead for a kind of just-in-case scenario, right? So let's say the show was on uh, Saturday. I think as an athlete, the latest, the absolute latest you want to get there would be the Wednesday, Probably preferably the Tuesday, right? But let's say the latest you get there is the Wednesday. Now, why why is that? Okay, so we're assuming it's a long-haul flight. And we're assuming from that there might be a little bit of fluid retention. Now, you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, we want the body to go back to homeostasis, right? And you may be listening thinking, what the fuck does that mean? So what we're meaning by that is we want the body, bodily systems to return back to normal before we begin any sort of uh, food manipulation, water manipulation, dietary manipulation, whatever it may be. Because if we're trying to make manipulations from a, a set point that isn't at balance, it's really like fucking trying to hit bullseye with the lights off. You know what I mean? Or with a, in a seriously dark room, which is not what we want. What we want is to be in a clear room, good vision, and be able to hit bullseye every single time. So let's allow for a day at baseline, right? So let's say you um, you get there on the Tuesday, say Tuesday evening, you allow for the Wednesday to be a baseline day, you then load the Thursday and the Friday. What the Wednesday does is allow your body to settle down, to acclimatise, to just like allow you to maybe wipe away some of the travel fatigue, because let's face it, that is a thing. But also, it's going to remove stress having the baseline day. So let's say you have packed all your meals for the the travel day on the Tuesday. You've packed enough food to get you through the first two meals of the Wednesday. So when you wake up, you know your food's there. You're not rushing about. You get meal one in, and then you go off to the supermarket to get the rest of your food and to, to then start prepping. It's a pretty sound strategy, isn't it? Let's look at a different scenario by which... You get there on the Wednesday night. Uh, the Thursday you're already planning to load. You wake up, a little bit stressed, haven't baselined, need to go find food, can't find the supermarket, stress starts to elevate, and you start to play need to play catch up on food. Which peak which peaking process is gonna be easier and less stressful? You're hundred percent right. It's the one that allows you to have this let's just call it a baseline day, because on that day before the load, if you are loading, uh, calories would typically be as they were on the Tuesday. Maybe, you maybe want to go just protein and veg for the flight. I don't think you necessarily need to do that. I think that's a little bit overkill because I think energy balance is energy balance, right? Um, and I don't think the carbs are massively going to bloat you or make a huge difference. The only thing you maybe need to take into consideration is that your output as you travel and on the plane won't be as high. But then airports are big, right? So you're probably doing a fuckload of steps to actually walk through terminals and get to the actual plane itself, you know, get your bags from the other side, get on the bus, get to the hotel, 
or you know the Airbnb or whatever it is that you have. So let's allow for that baseline day. That way, everything's smooth um, and uh, and jobs are good in. Now, what are the other considerations we have to think about? I think the main thing that people will typically forget would be that the temperature difference from where you live to where you go abroad will differ. Now, if you're competing in the winter and where you're travelling to, it's winter there as well. There's less to think about because you're going to be cold regardless. You're probably not going to sweat anymore. However, if you live in the UK, particularly Scotland, uh, where the average temperature in the summer is probably below 20 degrees, um, and a hot day for us might be, you know, 24, 25, very sporadically and regularly throughout uh, the summer, by the way, and then you choose to go to a climate that has average temperatures of 35 plus, or maybe 35 uh, plus humidity. I mean, fucking Dubai this 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 month, I think it's like 45 to 50 degrees with the humidity um, taken into account. That is a huge difference. It is not something that you are probably accustomed to. There is not much way to predict how much more you will sweat and how much more you will perspire apart from just getting there and seeing. So let me talk you through my internal thought process. Um, For Chris this weekend, what we're doing is that he typically has in the UK seven litres of fluid a day and 10 grams of salt. And I said, right, I think that for the majority of the time he will be inside because it's so hot that you you know you can't be outside, you can't sunbathe or whatever it is because um, it's like an oven, right? It's the summertime, it's in a desert. So he's going to be inside the majority of the time. However, you're still going to need to go outside to like get to the supermarket, you know, get here, there and everywhere and, and go to tanning and all that. So he's going to experience some of the humidity and the heat. So I thought, right, let's have, since we have the baseline day, we have the Wednesday, let's increase his fluid by two litres. And at the same time, let's increase his salt by two grams. That being said, we're going to keep in contact on the Wednesday and just see as the day goes on, how thirsty is he? Is he experiencing any cramping? Um, I think he'll be fine because he will be inside the majority of the time. But you could see the benefit of having a baseline day there, can't you? A day that allows you to somewhat figure out what you're going to do for the peak. Because if it was in the UK, his baseline fluid would be roughly the same, maybe a little bit more. His salt would probably wouldn't change. Um, and we would load accordingly. Now, the food necessarily won't change. The total amount of carbs, grams and fats, that won't change. But it's the, the fluid and the electrolyte balance, the sodium, potassium and, and all that, that will um, change if you sweat. So, again, it's something that you have to take, take consideration, account for, so that when we load on the Thursday, Friday, we're loading with the purpose. We're giving his body enough sodium and fluid to distribute the carbohydrates that are going in He's not experiencing any cramping. And then we can manipulate it a little bit on the Friday, the day before the show. So he's going to be loading on the Friday as well. Now, he's a natural athlete, so you know all we've got is you know vitamin C, dandelion root, and all that jazz, peak max. Um, 
So for us, it's just a fluid manipulation, isn't it? So we need that first day of fluid to be a bit more. So the second day we can we can pull pull it down ever so slightly. So if we find that 10 litres is the absolute sweet spot, and that's fine. On Thursday, maybe find on the Friday he has eight, right? Then on show day, maybe he has four meals before he goes on stage and he has a litre with each meal. That means that he's went 10, eight, four. But again, this is all to be confirmed. If you have went abroad, let's say the UK, it's the winter, uh, and you're competing abroad in France, and it's the winter, or Germany, or wherever, somewhere in Europe, you're not going to need to think about that. There's less, less variables to muck up, to think about, whereas whatever country you're going to, whether that be Dubai, whether that be Spain, or wherever you're competing, America, um, these are things that you must take into consideration. Now, if you were, um, let's say, assisted, there is some tools you could use to help you baseline further. Because what kind of we want is we want a baseline, um, not when I say baseline, well, I'm talking about a baseline day of, on the Wednesday of calories being exactly as they are, um, but we want to try and baseline body weight and pull muscle glycogen down to a specific point before we load, right? So we want to get back down to that. If we go in a long haul flight and we experience a bit of fluid retention, we want that, that fluid to come off and us to be baselined completely flat before we then load because you'll feel better, right? We don't want to be loading for when, if we're a little bit watery. So how do you how would you manipulate that if you're assisted? Well, you could use some diuretics, right? You could use a little bit of a dazide. You could use a little bit, a little bit of aldactone. And you could use that before the flight. I've heard of many people that do that. A little bit of aldactone just takes the sweet spot off of it. Then obviously you could continue to use that going into the show. Well, you're going to have to if you start using it um, before the flight. But something to take in consideration. Um, I don't know if you guys saw or you follow um, The Real Muscle Unit or Rob Taylor on Instagram for those of you that maybe know him by his name. He uh, competed in Spain, I want to say about a month ago, and he he used aldactone before he flew, but he actually used a sunbed, got a sunbed the day before, and there was an interaction with aldactone that caused him to come out in a, in a reaction and kind of like scaly, scaly scabs on his glutes. Um, it was really shame, really shame for him, but hey, he, he got over that and he went and competed the past two weekends and done incredibly well in some pro shows. Um, but just something to take into consideration, like don't go hammering the sunbeds, if you, like it close to a flight, if you are going to use like aldactone um, or anything like that, I think it'd be best to avoid it. Um, just just in case. But you might be a bikini girl thinking, well, um, Vaughn, you know, I don't need to load. I've, I've reversed out, or I'm just loading the Friday. So could you go a little bit later? Because what you are no doubt trying to manage and balance is cost, right? Jade pointed this out in the last podcast that. It just costs a lot more to compete abroad than it does in the UK. Each day you spend abroad is extra in regards to accommodation, um, is extra in regards to to food, um, hotel prices, whatever it may be. So some of you are trying to keep costs down. My suggestion is if you're trying to keep costs down, I wouldn't bother going abroad. Like it will cost you going abroad it will cost you anywhere in the region of one and a half to two grand just to go and compete abroad. And you have to consider, is that worth it? Or 
you know, is bodybuilding, which is your hobby, by the way, not paying the bills, something that you just want to do locally, you know, your local show in your home city maybe cost you 40 quid to enter, maybe no you know, no membership fee or whatever, uh, just do that one, right? Or make it cheap, find a couple of shows quite close, like one, one show's maybe in Manchester, one show's in, Sun, uh, sorry, one show's maybe um, in York, the other one's maybe uh, quite close by in Hull or, or whatever it may be, one's in... Um, Sunderland, one's in Newcastle, you know, like show on Saturday and show on a Sunday. Just do that, opposed to, to, go, to going abroad. I think one other thing that um, particularly assisted guys need to be aware of that's not really maybe spoke about too often is the laws of other country countries in regards to, to drugs, as in like your steroids. Because... For as much as you could probably bang it in your case and find get away with it, I've heard of some guys, and this happened at a, I think it was a Sweden show, where he showed up. Um, I think it was an Irish men's physique guy. He showed up and I think he had like ten tablets of Anavar, um, and they told him he was going to prison unless he paid like a, I think it was like a fucking, a grant, one one or two grand in regards to like a fine. Now, as guys. You'll use typically when you're when you're peaking throughout the peak. You'll still use Anavar, Winstrol, Superdrol, um, like those oral, oral tablets. So just be aware that the country you're going to its laws. Um, don't take loads. Like if you have a tub of Anavar, don't take the tub. Like take a few tablets, separate them into pill pill boxes, and put it in your in your suitcase. Um, I want to say you should be fine. But again, that's something that you have to take in consideration. And for as much as you maybe pull clean it when you're loading, either guys or girls, like you're probably still using T3, T4. It's usually legal. Um, some some cases just legal on prescription. But for the most part, you would need to get your suitcase searched. And I think a lot of the time you have to look like a bit of a dodgy bastard to get your suitcase searched. But that being said, that's what I just told you. There can be random searches where that happens and then all of a sudden you find yourself in in the shitter however I've had clients compete abroad before um, and they they've been absolutely fine you know what I mean you typically will see guys in the industry you know such as Cal he's got a lot of guys that compete abroad they tend to be okay what you could do is you could plan ahead of time you could get a contact in the country that you're going to let's say it was something like uh, Spain Let's see you find a guy who could source some uh, some bars, some winning super draw, everything that you need. And then all you need to do is you just you just source it when you get there. And then you take that worry away. Because remember, like any peak, it's all about keeping stress really low, isn't it? And particularly with flying, this is why you want to have more time than, than not. Because flights can be delayed. Buses can be missed, trains can be missed. Things can happen that increase the stress. Now, the closer you are to the show, the more you will naturally worry about that. But if you had a show on a Saturday and you got there, let's say, fucking on the Monday or the Tuesday, like you're so not you're not that stressed if the flight's late. If you've got your all your meals with you and some extra ones just in case, like you'd be absolutely fine. So if there was an an added worry of oh my god, am I going to get searched on the other end? I'm going to search at the other end. 
that would just that would just increase the amount of stress on the body. Stress in itself will increase fluid retention. You combine that with maybe any that you may you may experience as you are flying, um, then it's a it's a concoction that's not good and something you want to avoid. I think one other um, consideration that you may need to um, bear in mind is what is allowed through security and what is not. And by that I'm referring to food. And I'll give an example of, um, I was doing a tubo show uh, down south in 2021 and we flew from Edinburgh to uh, to London and you know went onwards, travelled from there. And I pa- packed all my meals with me one of which was uh, a yogurt meal, yogurt whey. Um, I think there's some fruit and nut butter in there, and I was having like rice cakes and that on the side. So I guess to security, and um, they they were like that. Oh, we can't let you through with that because it was liquid. And then in a couple, uh, I think it was in one other meal, I had some peanut butter on top of like beef or something, and then there was a little bit like a tomatoey sauce that had. A little bit of liquid in that actual Tupperware itself, and they took that off me as well. Now, when it comes to to stress, that is something that you want to completely avoid, right? So you can imagine I had meals taken off me. I'm messing my coach, being like, "Fucking hell, they're just taking this off." Blah blah. What's happening? Luckily, it was just like an hour flight, and I could pick up stuff at the M and S when I got to Heathrow. But sometimes that's not the case if you're flying. Uh, if you're flying to, you know, let's say you're flying to Spain. And it's a late flight, and you get in at like nine ten at night. Uh, you've only had two meals because the three of them got taken off you, whatever. So, please plan for that. I'm not saying take like dry food in with you and just you know fucking chicken and chicken rice or whatever, and no sauce. But if it was me, I'd opt to be like protein powder. Like I wouldn't obviously mix the protein powder with water. I'd go take it through in a powder form. Snack jacks, any other meals that you're planning on having. So let's say it was cream of rice, I wouldn't make that up. Um, you can maybe get away with like, say beef and potatoes, chicken, chicken rice or whatever. But again, you can't have too much fluid in that. So if you are putting a bit of sauce in it, just please be, um, please be careful with that because there's nothing worse than, nothing worse than getting your meals taken off you. Um, because it because it, it did really really stress me out, but. Apart from all of that, the actual peaking process um, is very much the same. It's a case of setting a, a baseline, uh, sorry, setting an amount of food, an amount of fluid and salt, continually assessing what that food, fluid and salt is doing, and just making adjustments to what you see in front of you. Now, it's helpful to have your coach there, right? So if you're going abroad, um, or you're thinking about going abroad, go with a coach that... Um, typically will travel abroad with you. Shameless plug, that's me. Um, because having, like, being there in person, like, I, I, my eye is much better than, like, a WhatsApp video that maybe the lighting's poor or um, just the video call is uh, down on WhatsApp or whatever it may be. If I'm there in person, I don't need to rely on that. So I'm less stressed. The athlete's less stressed because I'm like, right, I know exactly what we need to do. Um, opposed, to now, opposed to going on your own. Now, of course, your coach maybe can't make every show. If you're going Spain one week, France the next, Germany the week after, it's expensive to go. But also, you know, as some coaches, some of us have kids as well, right? So we can maybe get get to one of those shows abroad, but we maybe can't get to them all. But the thing is, if you've done one and your coach has been there, you then have some good data and can learn, uh, like, you know what you're doing going to that second one because you, you're working from what worked before 
what didn't work. But then as the as the coach, the coach is going to be then very reliant on your feedback um, from what, like how you're looking. Um, give you an example, like on the plane coming home on Sunday, like Chris Bain, we've done twenty shows together. And a lot of the time, if I'm at his shows, like I'll I'll give him suggestions of what I'd say. Right, look, we need to do this, we need to do that. But sometimes before I say it, I say, Chris, like tell me how you're looking. Like how do you feel? Like look, like look in the mirror, and then he'll say to me, like, mate, I'm fucking bursting, like bursting fool, or I'm flat, or I'm this and that. And I just, I trust him. I trust his eye because we've done it for so long. So sometimes just building that rapport, that relationship with that client, working together for a long period of time, figuring out your body, having the confidence to know what to go, and what direction to do. Um, I think it's a better look because the athletes wear like wear relaxed because you've taught them about their body, you taught them what they need to do. As a coach, I'm relaxed because I'm like, well, he he or she fucking knows exactly what to do and how how good they look. So it's just me giving them that 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 confidence, that second set of eyes to be like, we're good, we're good, we're fine. Let's add more, let's add more, and obviously that logical brain as well because we prep when we prep. If you prep before, you're going to nod along to this. Like we all get prep brain, we all get our eyes skewed of. I'm not lean, I look shit, I look fat, fucking hell, he or she's way better than me, holy shit, fucking they look class. You just need your coach to like keep your head, keep the faith, right, and keep you on the straight and narrow. And as a coach, like I'd say that that's, that's what I do with a lot of my clients, particularly in the ones that are in their first time. Uh, but the ones that go abroad typically are more experienced. But it was really so beneficial for me to be there um, at Jade's international shows last year, you know, at Lille. And it was so um, to be there for the peak, but only to to also to learn about the what they, the look that they wanted. The judging was very consistent in both shows, um, and it was a real learning curve for me. And I'm sure I'll, I'll say the same thing next week when I do a podcast about the weekend um, on how much it was a learning curve and what we would do differently, uh, what worked, what didn't work, etc., um, etc. Et but yeah, that is it for me, guys. As I said, if you are thinking about competing abroad, whether that be at the tail end of this season it's probably going to be next year so let's say if you're thinking about competing abroad next year I'd love the opportunity to work with you uh, even if it's just in the UK as well all you've got to do is get in touch I've, I'm always taking clients on for the most part I'll never take on you know loads at one time but I always say that spaces are always open um, all you've got to do is head over to prepcoachuk.com hit inquire fill out the form and I'll be in touch within a, within a few hours or go on my Instagram prepcoachuk and um Drop me a DM. If you haven't noticed already, um, head over to our YouTube channel. The PCA Muscle Talk vlog is now live, and you'll see Stacia and Debs on that vlog, and myself. Um, and our next vlog will be, I think it's a UK FBA show uh, next uh, month, which we haven't done. We've not done a natty show as of yet. And in my opinion, I've got two of the the best natural UK men's physique amateurs uh, in the UK at the moment, and uh, that's a statement that I will uh, repeat. And can say with confidence. So I'm very much looking forward to, the, to that show as well. But I uh, hope you enjoyed the vlog, guys. But wherever you are in the world, uh, give it the big beans, the whole beans, nothing but the fucking beans.